given my experience with 2020 so far, I don't believe that Tywin <laughs> will believe the White, the White Walkers are real until he is raised as a white himself. Hey, yo! Hey, everybody, and welcome to a very exciting episode of Brotherhood Without Man is your favorite full spoiler reread podcast of George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series, reading A Storm of Swords. As always, I'm your host, Zach, sitting here in this booth with me, my brother, Nate. What up? And for the first time ever, joining us on a regular episode, not a special designated episode, is our friend, all the way from Planetos Podcast, Micah. Micah! Welcome, Micah. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Hello, everyone. I'm Micah. If you, uh, yeah, like they said, I'm one of the co-hosts over on Planetos Podcast. We do a lot on uh, minor characters, houses, and various special things throughout Planetos. Um, I'm also I'm also on Twitter mostly and chatting on there about Song of and Fire and mostly minor characters. That's my settled brand. On yeah, Twitter. we're very excited about that. As that's been one of our highlights for this reread has been kind of focusing on a mm-hmm. lot of characters we didn't pay as much attention to first few rereads. So having someone that's a little more knowledge on those will be great to yeah. Uh, Mike is downplaying it as well. Uh, there's also a great, great theory that you wrote that you posted on Reddit about Sir Heil Hunt, Jamie Lannister, and Lady Brienne. That's oh, right, one, that. it's absolutely one of my favorite theories going into Winds of Winter concerning that group because there's so much, so many questions about who, who we're going to see it through and who, who's going to be important. And I've been rereading it in preparation for uh, in uh, doing the podcast with you today. And man, it's, oh, well, my, it's still, still one of my favorite theories that Heil Hunt is going to step up and be the champion <laughs> that. We might not deserve, but the one that we need right now. But, oh, yeah. No, thanks, dude. That's, oh, yeah, absolutely. That's great. We're, we're just honored to have you here. So today, if, yeah. you, if you joined us last episode, we were reading Sam 1. And so to give our, our normal intro as you're right. jumping ahead, he's so excited. I am so excited. Uh, if you have right. joined us before, Spoilers. thank you for coming back. We very much so appreciate you listening. If you have not been here, we are full spoiler. We talk about the entire series as a whole. So if you do not want to be spoiled, go finish that. Come back. We'll be here waiting. If you don't care if you're spoiled, fuck it. We're here. Yeah. We're waiting. Do what you got to do. So, with that in mind, right. last episode, we were reading Samwell 1 from Storm of Swords. Micah may not have Ooh. just read Samwell 1, but uh, I'm sure... Oh, I read it somewhat recently. Hey, Thanks. perfect. Banger awesome. of a chapter. Banger. Right? That's, That's yeah. the funny thing is I realized uh, how big of a doucher I was the first time I read through because I hated it. I hated that chapter. Mm-hmm. When I was just reading for content and to finish the book, when I actually reread it, that's possibly one of the best chapters we've gotten in a song of ice and fire of sam fleeing the fist of the first men so uh and and the first killing of a white walker we get to finally see one of these things die in front of us which is just mystical in its own right right so we get a lot of uh cool stuff there from sam his as zach mentioned the fleeing of the fist of the first men we get to see uh small paul accidentally leaving some traces that they were planning a mutiny he loses his life um and sam picks himself back up and gets ready to to rejoin the group but this episode we are not reading sam well no we are reading Tyrion, Tyrion down in king's landing way down south uh Tyrion three, right. And Last so, we had left Tyrion, he was uh, setting up a meeting via Varys 
to meet with Shay, although his original intent was to be sending her away. He was thinking a little bit more with his dick than with his brain and did not end up doing that and kicked himself for it. And I was pretty vehement in uh, the last couple chapters about my dislike of Shay in this book specifically, just due to, I think, uh, she stopped becoming a good, she stopped being a good player of the game and ended up really just showing her naivete. But Shay's a decisive character, uh, divisive character in the fandom anyway. So this chapter, however, we are picking up with a small council meeting. And what, what a council meeting yeah. it is. This whole chapter is insane in setting up the, the end of this book, the rest of this book, and further and beyond that with the lords we get. So Tywin is walking in greeting lords Tyrell, Redwine, and Rowan. He kisses the High Septon's ring in Cersei's cheek, clasps Pycelle's hand, and then seats himself in, of course, the seat of power at the head of the table, the king's seat. Uh, where's Joff? He's probably all fucking around shooting rabbits or cats or something like a jerk like he is. But... <laughs> or he got sent to bed early. Right, to, exactly. right, without dinner. <laughs> Tyrion just thinks here, uh, too many strange faces, too many new players of the game. The game changed yeah. while I was in bed rotting and no one's going to tell me the rules here. And that's what's really cool is a lot of these characters we've heard a lot about th- for, throughout the first two books. But this is the first time we're getting to meet them. And mm-hmm. in this capacity, it's a really neat way to have them introduced at a small council meeting with Tywin, you know, this high lord that we know to be as powerful as he is, both on the battlefield and in the, you know, right. the rooms back here doing what he's doing right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, what? there's, yeah, we get to meet a whole slew of new players here. I, and I think it's interesting we could see a sort of, echo of this bit in the future when Tyrion comes back to Westeros Mm. the small council will be even more different when the Lannister and Tyrell regime gets uprooted by Aegon right absolutely (laughs) more more strange faces more and actually I was thinking about that uh, as I got towards the end of the notes of this chapter is how much this reflects uh, Catelyn's previous chapter when Rob is arriving back in River Run where they've got all these predetermined plans Uh, Kevin and Littlefinger with having Littlefinger heading out to marry Mm -hmm. Lysair and similar to how Rob and and the Westerlings had it all pre-planned how they're going to force Catelyn to be forgiven for freeing Jamie Jamie just to not allow her to guilt Rob for marrying and forsaking his vows. And so there's these plots behind the scenes in both of these situations here, these little small councils. And both councils involve the Westerlings, damn it. (laughs) Tyrion is still super resentful of Renly's ghost, which like, bro, he's a ghost, come on. And the small folk who cheer him, thinking, uh, you know, I don't get credit for my chain. The lords were jovial enough to Tyrion, but Sir Kevin's the only one who actually is kind to him, which Kevin, I heart Kevin so much. Uh, Tyrion asks after Lancel's wound, and Lancel's health is flip-flopping right now. Some days he's, he's great, and some days he's not so great. But Cersei, man, ever-faithful Cersei, has been by his bedside. Oh, just- yeah. You know, keeping his spirits up, yeah. Making sure he's okay. Right. And that's the kind of person. Definitely definitely see some foreshadowing for a probable event in winds. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And and even Tyrion wonders, like, is she is she there hoping he's gonna live or gonna die? Because now that now that dad's here, 
dad's here in the city. <laughs> she definitely doesn't want to be screwing around with that. Yeah, they even considers here like, is she is she capable of doing that? And I'm I'm actually surprised that he would ask that because because of what we've seen already. Like, why why would you think she couldn't do something like that? She sent people out to assassinate baby bastards so like of course she's gonna be willing well that to... was well he i think he still believes it at this point but that was... it, it could it could just be due to kevin being in the area mm, true kevin, kevin and tywin both being there would probably make her a little bit more antsy about it's a very bold so. thing to try when it is around, very bold however. when they're there absolutely that's a good point with kevin being in the city i didn't mm. even yeah think that however today she's all charm she's you know shaking the right hands and saying the right jests and even trying to bring a smile out of Lord Rowan. And he's like, <laughs> Cersei's just, she's so good, man. She's so good at being the, the, the one you love to hate in the book who thinks she's, <laughs> thinks she's a, a major, major, major player, but you've got someone like Littlefinger and Littlefinger's doing what he's doing in this chapter where he's setting up Sansa, him and Sansa, you know, a couple months down the line yeah, yet. Yeah. He, he, Joffrey's wedding already signed, sealed, delivered that like, I got my alibi. I got the Merlin King ship that I'm going to get on. I won't be in the city that's handled. And then Sansa's going to be mine. Cause I already swept that under the rug and Cersei sitting here flirting. And cause to Cersei, that's her weapon. I can use my feminine wiles and, she has so much more when we look at someone like Sansa. You have so much more at your disposal to use. And Cersei's such a, a one-track horse. It's, mm -hmm. it's the same, same tactic that she wants to use over and over and over. And eventually the High Sparrow and her catch up, it catches up to her with the Kettle Blacks. But, yep. uh, yeah, so they bring up uh, – she asks if they want to start with the wedding, but Tywin's more interested in the war, the war. which – leads Varys to uh, he announces that he has some very delicious information for you all and <laughs> I just love the way he, he phrases some of his words delicious news come on but Randall Tarley has caught Robert Glover outside of Duskendale got him pinned against the sea and yeah. it's a, uh, a big battle happened and both sides suffered many casualties but in the end their side did prevail and this leads to the news that Sir Mayo Sir died. Mayo's dead, He's man. All you hate to see it. You mm -hmm. know, Helmand Tallheart. And so that basically leaves almost no Tallhearts left besides the... Besides the children. Second sons and sons, like all that. Baron, Baron. Fred's dead. He died up by Theon. And Leobald, I believe, got killed by Roose Bolton's men outside of Torrance yep. Square. Yeah. So, you know, we're Earth, just left yeah. with the kids. After and respects, man. They uh, will yeah, make just, an appearance. Just Baron and Barina left. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, uh, they, and they end up more. fighting or siding with Stannis, I think, outside for the Battle of Winterfell or something. No, they're they're just trapped in Torn Square with Dagmar Klepto. So they're just chilling. The poor Tallhearts, man. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they get a bad run too. They haven't. Ugh. But yeah, they uh, the Glover and uh, the the survivors bloodied are making their way back to Harrenhal, but. <laughs> Little are they expecting Sir Gregor to be yeah. thwarting their path, which damn these Gregor traps, <laughs> yeah, man. man. Like, he is just so sneaky and scary, just popping out. And well, yeah, because we just got two chapters ago, was Arya's uh, third chapter, where 
uh, Harwin was explaining the trap that was set by Tywin, how Ned was supposed to be lured out and captured by the Sir Gregor, but instead it was Beric Dondarrion and the men. And yeah, he's always just these these surprise ambushes. And it, he's just in the trees all the time. Yeah, how, <laughs> which like how do you not see this guy? High like it's right. I just picture this little tiny like ficus tree in a plant a, a planter pot and the, mount, and the mountains behind just it. like right behind. <laughs> Like, what's huddled over it yeah yeah it's, yeah it's it's funny that like it's such a big man yet he's the one initiating these these shock and awe tactics of go and just hit him hard and then retreat back into the woods and it's right. it's awesome he's i mean he's tywin's mad dog but it's his brother that's called the dog it's it's great little finger still points out here that like that defeat isn't rob's rob's still undefeated in the field so like what are we what are we celebrating here? Robert Glover? Like, yeah. Eh. It, it really calls into question how on wars like this, you're le- the leaders over there being undefeated, but there are also these other battles happening. And those ones can be wins or losses, but they aren't generally counted because the big heroes, they're right, keys. Right, right. And what, like, well, that's, the name. to Robert Glover, to Robert Glover and his men, that was a, that was a life or death. That was a... Well, and that's what's so crazy. And that's what, you know, highlights the Brotherhood Without Banners and they're fighting for the small folk. They just said that on top of Robert Tall, uh, of Tallheart there, Sir Hellman, a uh, thousand of other men also... Yeah, heavy losses. Just, yep. who cares though? Yeah, they, swept under the rug. Just a thousand yeah. that are just gone and nobody's going to hear about them except for this small council now because who really cares? They were just a bunch of lesser lords and small folk. Oh yeah, and, and especially in this chapter... It's the privilege we get. Yeah. We get the people just sitting here pushing the P and uh, specific, oh, yeah. specifically like, this council of pushing yeah. the pieces around and we don't care. Like this is, these are, these are the things we need to get done to secure our power. Little small folk be damned. Anyone who goes against it be damned. And the privilege is on key from everyone. Tyrion, of course, oh, yeah. seems sympathetic to maybe a first time reader or someone who, I like Tyrion, but it, he's not at all here. He's privileged as shit. Mm-hmm. He's still resenting Renly's ghost because he's not getting, again, the attention he thinks he deserves. Move on, dude. The war is still being fought. Like, there's other things at play here. And it's just so, so fucked, this council meeting. I hate yep. it. And we, and we it. got the Patriarch of the West and the Patriarch of the Reach, and they're mm-hmm. both so utterly ingrained into the system one a little bit too much right and right. their lackeys are right there and they are willing servants kevin lannister will do whatever tywin says and paxter redwine will brown nose to whoever's in charge <laughs> yeah kevin that's the pot that's the the little dog that everything tywin says kevin is gonna agree with See, that sucks because i i love kevin. I, I do I really kevin like kevin as well but i like kevin once Tywin is gone and he's giving Cersei the, the shit she needs to eat because it's Cersei and he comes back to the city and, and starts ruling in her stead. And then as we know, yeah, <laughs> poor Varys. Or not poor I'm, I'm Varys, not Kevin's but, fan, but no, I, I, I see why. I'm, I'm I understand other people's why. Fans. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but, absolutely. But uh, in this chapter specifically, He's, I mean, he might as well just be stooge number one because he's crowing yeah. all the crow that Tywin told him to crow. And even Tyrion mentions it. This is all for show. This is, Kevin and Ty, uh, Tywin discussed all the important shit that right. needed to be discussed and they decided it beforehand. Now they just got to 
coerce the lords into agreeing. Yep, and they got to see how the Tyrells react because now the Tyrells are in standing in King's Landing. Right. And so they know Rob has retreated to River Run with all his plunder, abandoning all the keeps and castles he had taken in the West. And Sir Davin is now reforming his late father's army at Lannisport, where he will, once it's formed, rejoin or join, sorry, Sir Forley Prester at the Golden Tooth. And when Rob heads up north, they take River Run. They're going to hit River Run hard and fast. And they're questioning whether or not Rob will actually be going north in the same. Yeah. Same uh, argument that came up in Catelyn's chapter. You you have to. You can't be a king and Not lost your home. Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. That's even yep. saying. Oh, that's what I would do. I'm definitely the guy that would do that kind of thing <laughs> as well. Yeah. I, I got a lot written on here for what May says in this whole segment of them discussing um, Rob going north and up mm-hmm. until Tyrion suggests he himself fight. But that's what when they discuss the veil. Um, but we got the Tyrells embody a lot of what Renly had, as in talking the talk, but not necessarily walking right. the walk. Although, to some extent, Renly probably would have tried to walk the walk a little bit. Depending. Yeah, just inherently the Baratheon nature in him. You know, he yeah. he, he might not be as as powerful in that type of move as Robert would be. He still is capable. He 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 might not have been number one in every tourney, but he performed well in them. And so he definitely would have walked the walk better than someone like Joffrey, for instance, who just right. does nothing. He would have at least been yeah. out there with his men and showing and been at the small council meetings even and showing his face where it needs to be shown, making decisions that need to yeah. be made. Maybe not so, well. So we but... see we see Mace bragging about using all of his forces to take Mo Caitlin. Like he would take everyone and he would just go. He would do that in Rob's place. But would he actually do it? He's mm. ambitious, but he's also very opportunistic. And he tries to put his foot into several different steps to maintain his power. So a show of speeches may do a lot, but with Mace, it's just hard to tell if he would actually do that, given right. his low record. Even uh, the queen of thorns he, he's a puff fish he, he puffs up and whether or not you know he's actually going to act is is questionable he even does it here with the dornish like oh they don't have leave to walk leave to walk through my lands what do you what are you going to do about that yeah you, what's you, he gonna do you're going to march right now when your daughter who you're complaining about them coming to her wedding is getting married you're gonna just leave to go fight the dornish just uh, yeah he he comes yeah. off as a caricature here, he's, <laughs> he's very, he's the most animated at the table where uh, back in Clash, that would have been like Pycelle, the one puffing up. Right. And, uh, and since he's gotten his beard cut off and his manhood shamed a little bit, he's a little more timid. But it's now Mace has taken this role of the animated figure at the table who's, yeah, oh, oh that's what I him. would do. Let's, yes, aha. And for oh, yeah. Joffrey, and it's. I got it. I yeah. got so much on Mace coming up here in the next, oh, next couple segments. Uh, and Rob also, uh, Tyrion also just thinks Rob Stark has won more battles in one year than you have in Oh, yeah. Time. So, oh, you yeah. know, there, there's that. And that leads Littlefinger to saying, so speaking of Rob Stark, it's kind of uh, messed up that his man, Bruce Bolton, is housing goats at my castle there at Harrenhal. You know, uh, just referencing that Vargo Hote is hanging out there with Bruce Bolton. Um, there was a there was an odd line here where Kevin <clears throat> clears his throat and changes the subject. Uh, and either of you, Micah or Nate, uh, do either did you either of you think that Littlefinger knows of 
the Frey Bolton Alliance at this point. He knows that Heron Hall is under Tywin's control, and he's essentially saying, You're housing your goats in my keep. Like, you're using my keep. He might not know because Littlefinger was still in Bitterbridge. He only just right. returned to King's right. Landing. And, with, and this would have been around the time Tywin starts to really get going with his plan to get the phrase to mm-hmm. betray. So it's possible that as of this moment, Littlefinger doesn't know. See, that was, that was initially what I was, because he's so, been so busy with his own Dantos and, and the Britta Bridge and Lysa Aaron and the Eerie. But the cough of Kevin really was like, why you? Yeah, it definitely, it's, it's right at a point where it seems like it's just a, just a, subject change like all right that doesn't even mean anything because then he immediately goes into the bringing up Balon right Balon, yeah, Wade, ba- Gray Balon, yeah. and so it seemed more to me like a right, that that's irrelevant at the moment anyway let's not right, discuss right, right. that stuff could be but it also seemed like it could be at that perfect intersection it, where it's him going actually this is getting close to something that me and Tywin don't want in this whole meeting Baelish is just kind of walking around flicking like his beard at people just like ha 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 i'm hot shit i haven't had to step in heron hall but i'm using that lordship to grant me i'm the keys right here between my legs like he's loving his shit right now i think it's less so he's doing it as much as it seems and a lot of the fact that it is Tyrion's point of view and he's also noting that's that true too Tyrion's super where he's like oh see we're getting this you know he's getting this opportunity because he's the lord and he's weaseling his way and not that right. Littlefinger doesn't do that right. but it's accentuated from Tyrion's right well Tyrion knows that Littlefinger is very schemy so from his point of view we would see a lot more of right little finger just kind of being like haha look at me i'm so cool whereas if there were if this was third person we not we might not see so much right 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 no that's a good point and actually just to uh like with cersei earlier he's looking at cersei and oh she's all charm but little finger he's zoning in on yeah yeah analyzing and yeah that's good that's uh the different level of players so yeah kevin brings up that balon Greyjoy has made an offer of alliance and teary uh tywin because Cersei asks on on what claim does he <laughs> presume to call himself king, and Tywin says by claim of dominion, he he's got the neck by by conquest. Like, yeah, he he's grabbing in. it. He's, he's got the north got pretty well held right now. So, like, I mean, at least respect the power that he does hold at the moment. And that I I like that Tywin at least points that out. It's he's funny. got a good hold right he's got now something he's, yeah it's cool got something will he be able to hold on to that right that's the, right. That's the big this question is a, a big thing that we see uh, i believe it's through feasts with cersei where she's constantly undermining or underestimating other people and what they actually have and so right. seeing that like no he balon has actually done this this is something that he holds and he has a, a claim at this point well what claim does he have and tywin has to break it down for her. well He's got control of Winterfell. He's got control of Mole Caitlin. He's got the the stony sh- shore is all his. You know, boats are out here. He's ready to attack Lannisport at any time. Captain Even Highgarden, Rock. if we piss like, him off, yeah. That's what he has, and she needs that spelled out for her. She thinks she knows, but there's certain things that she's just jumping to conclusions mm. on, and we see a lot of that in feasts, I think, as well with the High Sparrow and oh, he's on my side. I've got this this control on the situation that i i don't so. yeah the the terms would recognize his kingship one lord balon's and give him everything north of the neck and 
the Mace and I think it was Rowan or Paxter are, are for this. They're like, yeah, who would want the North? Urgh, yeah, they don't care. Uh, Paxter Redwine makes a Paxter Redwine makes a comment that right. what is there past the neck but stone and snow? The people south have the have a stereotype of the Northmen being lesser than them. It's, mm. There's nothing but rocks up there. When of course farther past that there's also ice demons so what do they know (laughs) right the one that one that just showed up last chapter last literal Mm -hmm. chapter yeah and so yeah and and that's fun too to read this with that looming knowing that samuel tarley just stabbed one and is now fleeing this even this even fits into how paxter redwine himself is about to find out just what other things there are in the form of euron over the redwine straits right right He's about to really encounter just how much they've underestimated the Greyjoys. Yeah, I, uh, I again, it just shocked me how quickly. I mean, I guess it shouldn't because the obviously the Southerners sink themselves higher than the Northerners, but just how quickly they're like, yeah, screw it, give them that. And it's there's no thought of how weak that would make Joffrey's position. You're you're giving up half of your kingdom, like. Yeah. You're no longer the Seven Kingdoms. You're the end of the show. You're the Six Kingdoms. Like right, right. that's a and the North is bigger than the other six combined. That's you. It's it's it, the the fact time. that they're just so quickly to be like, yeah, just do it. Like, yep. As soon as, soon as Mace slashes on, the others have basically no choice to. Right, right. It's how the Reach functions for the most part. They have. It's like the West where they have their huge patriarchal guy. Mm-hmm. Right they can't or won't do anything against what he says because he's the one with the big seal. Right. So, of course, yeah, we get, as I said before, Paxter brown-nosing red wine just <laughs> constantly. <laughs> or whatever Mace says, and Mathis Rowan is just in general, yeah, sure, whatever. It's, it's great that we get the West and his lackeys in his family, uh, Kevin, Tyrion, Cersei, and then we get mace and paxter and red wine that yeah it, and the and the difference the way the subtle tactics that each are using mace is oh yeah loud and it. boisterous it's one of my favorite features right. of storm and feast right. yeah, you get yeah. those parallels right there this is it, yeah this chapter is just so good every every bit of it so tywin kind of takes that into consideration but doesn't actually reveal what he thinks about what they all put in on that and instead mentions lysa erin right in the veil and um I thought it was significant that he mentions she's the sister of Catelyn Stark, who's the traitor of Eddard Stark. Uh, I I took this to be this is a loose end. If the Red Wedding's happening, we know Red uh, Rob and Catelyn are going to be taken care of there. Sansa's married off to Tyrion. Lysa Arryn is the last star, uh, Stark relation that might try to ra- rebel against us and rally some sort of force. So, what do we do? with the eerie and it, it to me it just is it's more and more signifying that like yeah tywin's tywin is thinking he's got this whole situation on lock right now and it's just let's just you know yeah finish he's up these already thought st- all of this through let's do the strands we just got to tie up the little strands here the the veil of Aaron and all the other things and it's it's so good and again he's already yeah. got it all tied up he just needs to tie it up in front of make them. the show he of has it, to do right. it on the record so that way they have that yeah and of course yeah mace immediately comes out saying well just let her be and you know yeah he, he has a line he has a line women have no stomach for war right, and as soon that. as he said that i'm like in this very same book 
Daenerys takes over Slaver's Bay. So <laughs> what does Mace Tyrell know? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. It's well, it's similar to what Tyrion just said. Rob Stark won 20 battles in a year. What do you know, yep. Mace? Just shut up. And we yeah. have uh, Asha, you know, raiding up and down yeah. the north. Like, so many, so many powerful women, and Mace Tyrell comes out with that stupidity. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, even when Tyrion barks back at him, and Mace is like, "We know you're, we know you're worth, mm-hmm. right. and no need to tempt fate." When right. Tyrion offers to go himself and even Tyrion's fought in more battles at this yeah (laughs) yeah and like here here this is a bit where we really see mace tyrell's true colors and how like just a few minutes ago he was admiring Tyrion's trick with the chain in the beginning of the chapter he's like that was a good idea but now that Tyrion suggests he actually go fight Mm -hmm. mace is like no 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 i'm the high lord (laughs) i'm the one who goes out and does these things. I'm the one with the titles. I'm the one with the historical record, quote, end quote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> <laughs> he, he believes that battle, is, he's the knight of summer. He believes battle is something epic and just that you go into that the ones with the names and titles get to achieve. But we never really see that. And he's about to find that out in true form when he's going to face the Golden Company in the Winds of Winter. <laughs> It's amazing that he is the son of Helena Tyrell because you would, you would think, and and that Marjorie is his daughter because I, and I am, it's still, I guess jury is out on Marjorie, whether or not she's as big of a player as she could potentially be. But Olena, we know absolutely is. And the fact that he immediately just writes women off like that when having some, I mean, obviously hasn't ridden to war, but, she handles herself. She is in the I'll, politics. I'll be questioning whatever it was Mace had been doing all of his life. If it turns out Willis is smart and book wary right, and right. just an actual like, decent human being. The other day that uh because uh, Tywin even says it that that Willis is courteous and in, in books likes looking at the stars yeah. and Nate called him uh the High Garden Rhaegar. He's it's yeah. He's just yeah. Know, he's up there. He's a scholar. He's he's breeding. I'm these... just wondering what Mace has been doing all of his life. Right? Yeah. What do you, what do you <laughs> like? You have you have such a dynamic of power with the Queen of Thorns, with your daughter, with Lancel, with High Garden as its own entity, and Mace Tyrell is not the man to be running the show here. But yeah, it is what it is. And so, yes. Uh, well, we hit that Tyrion line that that Micah just brought up right. with him, you know, being scoffed at by uh, Mace for saying, "Give me some men, I'll go and handle right, the right, situation." Because right. he he's thinking more out of revenge here because he was kept up in the prison Pissed. cell. Yeah. Of course, irritated. wants to pay off that mm-hmm. uh, promise. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, but that's where Mace delivers the like, yeah, maybe you should save that for someone more suited. Best not tempt fate. I uh, I also noted here that in going up and sorting out Lysa, he thinks that he can think of nothing that he would enjoy more, except perhaps strangling Cersei, which I really like that because we get mention of the Valencar prophecy before it's the Valencar prophecy of him strangling Cersei in the same chapter that Sybil Spicer comes up and the origins of House Westerling, and right. potentially yeah. 
Maggie the Frog and all of yeah, the fun is, things that involve this is a nice Sophie. Juicy setup. And so right, the the fact that Tyrion's already like, Yeah, it'd be great to strangle her and just wrap my hands around her throat. It's just like, before ha, we get ha, the first George. mentions of the the, you know, daughter of potentially Maggie the Frog. Right. And so it's 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 brilliant stuff. And he uh Tywin says he has other tasks for Tyrion. Uh, I'm not, you're oh, not yes. going to the Eerie, right? I believe Baelish holds the key to the Eerie and Littlefinger, of course, does. Yeah, right here yeah. between my legs. Yeah, fucking getting all crazy. He'll but... woo, her, woo her and wed her and bring them the veil without a drop of blood spilled. And they just ask, will she have you? And Cersei's like, yeah, even the cow Lysa is able to tell the difference between betting and wedding. And he tells them, yeah, that he's, I've had her plenty of times and starts, you know, bragging all over the place, you know, and there's obviously a lot there that we as rereaders know between the, the fact that he initiated everything, that this is all, you know, even they've predetermined this point, which, you know, shows the, the plays that he's doing against Tywin himself for his own power grabs, little finger here. Um, but he says, I couldn't wed her back then when I was just betting her. I didn't have the titles. I wasn't allowed yet. Mm. But yep. Harrenhal, he was just a lowborn. And he's been granted this castle that he's never even stepped foot inside. And yet here he has his opportunity. So our resident Mace and uh, Paxter Redwine expert Micah, they share, they share a look when Littlefinger says this. What do you think they share this look over? Hmm. Well, it could. It might. It may just be their sort of class classist ideas. Are they rolling of, their eyes of like? Oh, they they yeah. could be rolling their eyes of. Oh my God! This lowborn, right, really right. Lord of the Vale. God. Yeah, it's something we, we see are. a lot of with with Davos chapters. A lot of those lords yeah. looking at him like, yeah. "What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. Here? Yeah, I was wondering if it was just that, or if they're you know, they've got an idea maybe. for Heron Hall or, you know, it's just, maybe I was questioning to offer up someone for Lysa themselves. We, Absolutely. Right. See, right. that's more what I was thinking of it as. Sorry. Not really, ahead. not, not really easy to tell, but I could see that as a potential, as, as a potential link. I mean, the veil is a, it's prime yeah. real estate, man. To Robert, me, I almost felt like their, their, the look was, Oh, great. Little finger. Who's in Tywin's pocket is now going to marry Lysa and he's going to have the veil. So now Tywin's got the warden of the East. Secure well. we another got West, we yeah. got East. Yeah. And then, and so I thought it was more of like a, those two are worried about more Lannister power in the realm. Well, Littlefinger assures them all that he will see young Robert Aaron grow up to be Joff's most loyal supporter. And obviously, Tyr- <laughs> this is when Tyrion notes this is what Baelish wanted all along. Uh, yep. He disagrees with his father when he said it was no true reward because he got exactly what he wanted without ever having to step foot in Heron Hall, truly. And yep, Littlefinger had to do hardly much of anything except for commit murder. <laughs> yeah. And he's kind of be lord of several thousands of people yeah uh, yeah and, and one one stroke people he's never met you know small folk whose lives he knows nothing about it's just yep here's your lord now and this is when kevin agrees and Tyrion's like oh this is all just a bunch of bullshit they already discussed this said yes and now they're just doing it I like us. that he called Kevin the van of his small council. Right. That he's the one that comes in. No, no, this is all correct. And then Tywin's like, yes, <laughs> yes. 
and he's like, Kevin doesn't make his own decisions. So nope. obviously this is the Kevin can't. Is yeah. No. So they, uh, Tyrion says, well, if no one's going to fight this decision, I have to be the one. So what are we going to do without a master of coin? And I'm shocked he doesn't see this coming. But I think this is all the ignorance, uh, similar to what Cersei was doing, where she thinks she has all the answers. And Ty- uh, Tyrion, I think, is better at having the answers than Cersei usually. But it's that he's so he's so caught up in his own emotions at feeling betrayed and hurt and attacked that he doesn't pay attention to the signs that he should be, the things that he's capable of picking up on. As I mentioned to you and we discussed uh, back in when he first started as the hand, he was researching heavily into the ways that Littlefinger handles the coins. He was down at the docks studying ledgers and seeing the different forms that, that Littlefinger was signing, trying to make sense of the system that he was utilizing to make money. And so of course, course what better person to to do that and it's obvious even to you as a first time reader that by the the language that Tywin was using you're you're going to be in that kind of a thing (laughs) the fact that he didn't see it I think is just him being too focused on the stupid shit that he doesn't need to be paying attention to right now Mm. yeah no totally Tywin says that he's admirably suited to the task Kevin squawks his agreement like a good parrot and uh Tywin just and I love the way Tywin just jumps from subject to show okay done and he turns to Littlefinger and says when would you leave and Littlefinger says tomorrow I'll I'll take uh, a Bravosi ship uh, named the Merlin King and Mace is like well you're you're gonna miss the royal wedding and (laughs) of course Littlefinger's like yeah that's for the good for me brah he doesn't give a shit he shrugs he's like yeah well if I if I don't go now the storms will get worse and then I'll I won't be able to serve you at all. And Mace is oh true right you better get He's going. like oh yeah I'm gonna miss the wedding. Then he turns to the camera and winks. Yeah right <laughs> yeah it's a Jim from the office moment of like oh. and so Redwine then again uh, wants to bring up the Greyjoy alliance and actually discussing this and Tywin makes a great point of why would we give him anything for doing what he's already doing which is attacking the North better to just not do anything and wait and see hint hint and then maybe a better option might present itself in the future and Tyrion's like huh I remember you saying uh quills and ink can win more battles than swords sometimes uh yep. better option and we all know it's while the fray yeah. the red wedding is well yeah. into motion at this point further set up for the Red Wedding. Oof, oof. The destruction of House Stark. It's, I, I still can't get over these these little, you know, tidbits of foreshadowing that Martin drops into these. They're just chapters. a few lines. And that, like, you, you don't have a choice but to reread this book multiple <laughs> times to even comprehend that that's what they're referencing at this specific moment. Uh, Tywin yeah. asked, yeah, Tywin asked, I already said that one. Tyrion recalls. I'm just jumping all over my notes, guys. Apparently. Guy. Talk shifts to the wedding. <laughs> 300 Dornishmen are now on their way to King's Landing this very moment. Woohoo! And Lord Pufffish just blows right up. Because yep. we learn, and, and this is something I've overlooked in every reread. Which, it's funny, because we were just talking about it. like Because I've been just harping on uh, Willis. Ter- uh, Willis, one of our listeners wrote in mentioning... I, I'm a fan of the outlandish theories, Micah. So anything that 
makes no sense whatsoever, has little evidence. Those are for me. And so I'm right now supporting this theory that Willis is a ward. I knew that was the one you were thinking of. Yeah, so, <laughs> I'm like, he's thinking of the one with the working, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I just love that idea. Whether it's true or not, I don't care. It's fun to think about. And so I've been fun ones. paying a lot yeah. of attention to Willis. And uh, yeah, it's... It, it, and oh, yeah, I missed it the first time. Oberyn's one of my favorite characters uh, in the book, especially. And I, I, I completely missed that he crippled Willis in a tournament. Had no idea that that occurred. And yep. I mean, that Oops. is major right for mace and this dornish relationship and so like well that's it because it does uh martin did state there in that section that they've always had tensions lately they've been okay with each other until over and accidentally yeah poisoned willis crippled yeah with crippled him he broke his ankle or something uh yeah and so tywin says i invited them uh, <laughs> both, at, well, at both, my son's request. At my son, at my son, at son's request to both wedding and council for the justice that Robert denied him for his sister Elia dun, and her dun, children. Dun, dun, dun. The audacity of Tywin, for one, just should be applauded. But wow. uh, Tyrion yeah. immediately is like, "Is anyone here gonna say anything? Do they? Yeah. Do they have the spine?" And of course, no one does. Rowan looks like he might want to gag, but yep. that's about it. <laughs> I have, yeah, I got a thing to say for that when, uh, of course, Redwine doesn't care. Rowan right. looks fit to gag. Uh, this is pro- potential foreshadowing and also some really good humanization for the vassals of the Reach in that Rowan has a heart mm. and he cares that a kid was murdered brutally <laughs> <laughs> and then passed off underneath the rug. Mm. And we might we might see this come to play in the Winds of Winter when John Connington and Aegon come to Storm's End and they're like Targaryen prince, right. definitely quote Targaryen. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mathis Rowan may be like, yeah, screw it. Let's have my boss lined up with the guys who committed atrocities. Right. You got me. Yeah, it certainly yeah. stands out. He's the only one who's disgusted at the table by this i mean of course cersei doesn't give a shit kevin doesn't care it's he's he's probably snoring at this point poor pycel yeah doesn't even know where he's at he's the only person in this room who is showing disdain at this even Tyrion isn't saying that like it makes him sick to hear his father say he's more interested on the everyone on everyone right by masha heddle when she was hanging right right right. see that's another thing though that we've been highlighting this reread is the why idolize Tyrion? Tyrion is not a good person. I mean, he's got moments and everyone, you know, and obviously Martin highlights black and white characters are Yeah, he's one of raised. he's one of the easily one of the best written characters in the world. Right, right, right. Because right. of how flawed he mm-hmm. is and how different the the insights how he flawed and in some areas you can sympathize. Exactly. Uh, you can especially understand him. That, right. Whether he's doing something morally not so good or it's you know the the saving of a a young maiden's you know virtues and not screwing Sansa over for the rest of her life you can see why he does it even if you don't agree with that decision usually you don't agree because a lot of them you know most of them are a lot lot of them are pretty bad right right right. I mean he's he's he Tyrion's capable of going from monstrous acts I mean he's capable of rape he shows that in these books 
to attempting to save Sansa's virtue, however he can. A, a, cap- a character capable of that kind of a flip-flop is obviously someone very nuanced, very flawed, but many-layered. Yeah. And I think that's why Tyrion is one of the biggest fan favorites, because he's so easy to find something that's like, yep, I, I, I see myself in that. Yep. And sure. it's such a huge tragedy when he has his downfall in mm-hmm. this book. Yeah, the, the, the downfall is brutal it's so dark and yeah when you first read it you know again for as i'm you just read it to finish the book to get through the book like yeah okay when you reread it holy hell Tyrion is in a dark play yeah he is messed up in dance because of all of this everything that's happened here and it's i mean Tyrion's great but it's all from a place of privilege with him and so May says that, and it's so bullshit, that he has no problem with Doran Martell as long as he asks leave to cross his land, which, like, okay, yep. that's going to happen, I'm sure. Just yeah. again, it's that discussion from earlier. Like, like you're going to go down there to your border, meet Doran Mar- Martell at the border, be like, have you? are you here to request permission, sir? Right. Then I grant the entry to my king. Like, fuck off, <laughs> I'm a bridge troll. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Where's my toll, yeah. Have we received the bridge tro- uh, trolls raven yet, saying that over and ask permission? Like, get that one out of here. But So from there, they move on to the fruits of their victories. There are plenty of lands and titles that need to be contributed. Oh, yeah. And May scoops up the lion's share of them. Of course he does. Demanding it mine. first. <laughs> the Nate and I were doing the fight. Mine? Mine? From fighting. <laughs> Just, he scoops up the lands and castles of Lord Alistair Florent, who... Oh, yeah. First was foolish enough to side with Renly, which we'll just skirt under that we did that too. And then he sided with Stannis as well, which is like bad, bad. So we'll take those. Uh, Sir Garland yeah. is granted... Oh, did you have... I just had like a little bit of thing. Oh, please, please. please. Just because just, yeah. just of Brightwater. Mm-hmm. Brightwater is... I'm, I'm yeah, excited to see where House Florent goes from here because mm-hmm. we have yet to meet the heir of Brightwater Keep, Alicant Florent, who is currently currently in Old Town whining to his sister for help. <laughs> but Sam is also in Old Town, so we mm-hmm. might get to see Alicant and he might be somewhat of a not as awful Florent. <laughs> he might be decent, which is good in Westeros. Yeah, that'd be cool. And then the the contestion for Brightwater would be real yep, interesting. Contestion then. for Brightwater and how is... that unfolds with Euron, we might get to actually see mm-hmm, Brightwater mm-hmm. when Sam has to book it. Mm-hmm. And we did just get that announcement from Martin's not a blog that he's uh, spending a lot of time in spending Old Town. A lot of time in Old Town. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for my boy Alicant. Oh man, Old Town. Need those minor characters to it. <laughs> yes. And in one fell stroke, this makes Sir Garland a great lord, not just a high lord, yep. but one of the players who could sit at this council table right now. And yep, that makes and that two makes two major castles right, with the right. name Tyrell on that banner. Yeah, it's and and Loras as a as a renowned Kingsguard, like this family is set in spades about to have a queen mm-hmm. like so uh from there the rest were kind of divvied out uh red wine asks for the 30 percent tax to just be lifted for or the tax a little finger for like 30 years just lift that then let's get some of our wine in here and just do a toast like just let's just toast to it yeah dude. so they also yeah. did set aside some land uh for lords tarley lady uh okart and Lord Hightower, and then a bunch of others as well, because that, like I said, there was a shitload of land there. Um, so, <laughs> talk about privilege. 
these people aren't here. So let's just, you know, we'll hold these empty castles, this land where people live, work, mm-hmm. have to exist in life, raise their children. We'll just put them in fucking limbo yeah. while have, waiting for these other the reach lords. is one of the biggest areas of land in Westeros. So Mace Tyrell is on the far west portion of it like mm-hmm. up next to, almost to the coast and he owns lands all the way over to Br- bitter bridge right. which is like a couple hundred miles away at least i would think at least and bitter bridge is not the farthest part bitter bridge is in the center so yeah. the uh yeah. yeah his calling for a toast in the cast because he gets he wants all the the wine you know once the taxes are levied um and Cersei's pissed. She's like, I don't need toasts right now. We need swords. So how about you fuck off with your wine? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's Cersei that for you. Her line? That should have been her line in the I show. Think that, I think <laughs> uh, The next point of order is that the High Septon's crown has been found smashed to bits, and that will need to be repaired because, you know, we can't make a, a show of our wedding if the High Septon isn't actually High Septon because yep. then people they, will they question it. They don't care it. about why it was cr- why right. it was destroyed. Right, right, right. No, we don't care that the other guy was literally ripped although, apart. Although there, there was this interesting line uh, the High Septon gave around this part somewhere, I don't know, um, where he's actually makes a good point of good men being weary of war uh, when he when Tywin and Mace are doing their plannings. Mm-hmm. The High Septon's like, well, you know, sometimes people get tired of all this. And I thought, I thought that was a nice little line there. Right, that was uh, to help it, uh, garner favor for Littlefinger going to the Eyrie, because if he can do it without a drop of blood spilled, the land would thank yeah, us. That's the right. gods that's will thank us. Yeah. And it, yeah, it just, that's, uh, yeah, it's a good line. Yeah. It was, yeah. It's Especially super from him. Like, cause it, what was it? Right. Uh, the bread riots where his shit got torn down and smashed his, his crown. That was a different high system. That was, okay, yeah, 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 he's so, that was the first one. This the one's crown, the second one. It's the same crown. Right? It's just, well, so that's like the crown they, they got to remake. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe I think this might, be one of the first times we actually get to see this high sept and doing something right yeah, right yeah because yeah. weren't they still deciding who to appoint who and, yeah point during uh i think it was Tyrion's last chapter actually maybe um somewhere in there something like that but yeah it actually it reminded me a lot of the uh that 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 line that you just pointed out, Mike, remind me of the the broken man quote that we get yeah. in feasts from you know men fleeing war become beast like they become animals, and we're starting to see that turn. And and first we're seeing it in the high lords, the the great lords as they call yeah. themselves. The they're animals too. They're just dressed up nicely. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, why is it more honorable to kill five hundred men at battle than you know two hundred men at dinner and that's monstrous of a way to think when lives don't come into the equation. You don't, it's not the cost right. of human life. It's just, we need to do this to win our war. And it's, yep. it's monstrous right. this chapter. But yeah, yeah. So arrangements are made for a new crown to be forged. Yeah. And then it, we switch to the Varus report. The Varus report. Tonight at 7 p.m. Reporting live. The Varus report. He comes in and he announces that there's been Kraken sighted pulling yes. off of the coast of, was it the Fingers? The yeah, Fingers. Off the Fingers, yep. What? Off the Fingers. Now, we also learn that at this, in the same headline there, <laughs> uh, there's a, been a three-headed dragon born in Karth. Right. Yep. Now, do you think that, even though he says, you know, and I don't mean like long ships and Greyjoys, but a Kraken, 
do you think that this is skewed similar to that three-headed dragon no the three-headed uh, <laughs> the three-headed dragon is varus skewing it intentionally let me present tywin a bullshit story of a three-headed dragon because i don't want him digging around my targaryen-ness mm-hmm. but the kraken is sure that sure that's westeros that's he could get those reports from anywhere he's gonna yeah. he, he's gonna hear about this dragon in karth but if i make it crazy right now crazy and fantastical like a fairy tale he makes he's gonna write, for he's now. gonna write it off yeah and so varus doesn't want tywin looking east so yeah i'll do a kraken and i'll do a dragon and combine them in the same and we also get that there's a new war fight there's fighting in the stepstones as well there's a new war between lease and uh mir i believe yeah and tyros and and they're fighting over tyros and i think they're fighting over mir's loyalty they believe mir is going to join lease i think Uh, and uh yeah yeah and and and, yeah so it's it's the best lies are coming too (laughs) (laughs) the best lies you sprinkle with the truth so yeah i think varus was this was his skirt away from his real plan don't look east at this dragon it's ridiculous and fantastical and it's three headed and it can't possibly be real. So I absolutely think it was an intentional lie. uh, And and with all this stuff happening, we get a line from Paxter coming up where he says, well, why is there anything not stirring? (laughs) And much had put down on a note. Yes. Wise words from a man in Euron ravaging distance. No kidding. Yeah. (laughs) You just keep a close eye on those, uh, those Krakens there, my friend. Yeah. They're going to come around the Arm of Dorne here in the, in an Ariane chapter, I believe, somewhere. Yeah. That sounds about right to me. Uh, so Tywin then asks Varys if there's been any word of the missing cousin Ty- uh, Tyrek. Tyrek's been missing since the Battle of Blackwater, and he had everybody out looking for the body, vowing to find it. No sign yet. Still no news. Oh, yeah. Varys totally doesn't know where Tyrone is. No, not at all. (laughs) He's just about to cry, but no. He's just like, oh, the poor boy. (laughs) I'm so worried. (laughs) Yeah, it's... Oh, man. This whole council is just a show. (laughs) It's all just BS. Yeah. Uh, And then I think one of the funniest points, some deserter gold cloaks have shown back up reporting for duty, sir. Hello. My bad. My bad. We're cool, right? My bad. They're just so coming to work Monday morning. They need, to, they need to know what's to be done with them. Cersei, of course, wants them killed. Ferris suggests the wall. Tywin says, break their knees with hammers. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay. Okay. Death. I, I feel, yeah, right. Penal colony. <laughs> Pain. <laughs> right. Crippling. Yeah, so they can't run. Holy hell and then even uh so i thought this was interesting on how similar this was just to ned in general and them being the ones who betrayed ned for Littlefinger with how he was going to go to the wall and then all of a sudden now fuck that kill him instead and so cersei wants him dead and Varys, no we can we could send them to the wall no we're gonna kill them anyway make a lesson of them smash mm. out some of their now smash out all their knees just fucking well then even Tyrion, and again that callousness maybe break a couple knees but send like two or three up to bowen marsh at the wall because like there's some crazy reports and this is when tywin basically says i don't give a shit if the wall falls because the wildlings invade the north and that's nothing but good for us and like again 
my word, dude. So, like, a tiny speck of compassion for just anything that exists around you. Yep. The wall falling is, especially in this world, substantial. A world end, right? That's apocalyptic, like, biblical stuff. That's like if we were to wake up one morning and the Great Pyramid of Giza suddenly blew up in a volcanic eruption right right right. it it is astronomically inconceivable to these people of how bad that would be and tywin is like yeah that'd be cool because maybe mance raider and i could like talk bromance which tywin mance would absolutely eat you up in i would love a scene of those two just oh mance would just be be like wow you are just full of shit yeah yeah Absolutely. And so um I believe See, this is... I I would still though I'd like I would like to see how Tywin would react to actually seeing a white, to seeing the others, because this is his response thinking that's all a bunch of horse shit, thinking that it's nothing but Grumpkins mm-hmm. up there and just fake bullshit like Tyrion joked about when he was up there. But if they you know, and granted we could say that for everybody in the whole fucking Westeros, you know, well if they saw the whites, then they'd change their mind. But it'd just be interesting to see his reaction specifically because of how, oh, I don't give a shit about that. But if he understood the actual threat wasn't the wildlings, would he Would he care then? Would he have a little more interest in bolstering those defenses like Stannis? I don't or would think he, so. I don't either. Right, and, Given my experience with 2020 so far, I don't believe that Tywin <laughs> will believe the White, the White Walkers are real until he is raised as a white himself. I win. I I will not be wearing a mask. I don't care how many of these things come from over that wall. The masks are just keeping me from being able to. You look at a White Walker in the face. Oh man! And deny its existence. <laughs> I uh, uh yeah, I'm of the opinion Tywin would piss himself and fall into a ball, and he would absolutely become the un what he is his entire image would shatter if he saw the reality of what's beyond the wall and i think that's the same of true as so right now then you're saying he he's making westeros, i'm making westeros great again he's that's trying he's westeros. trying to do something but uh <laughs> it's a little topical. Too, too topical too topical and so this is when they conclude that is that all yes kevin and kevin of course gives the song and dance i'm sure king joffrey would thank you all for your great counsel and Tywin says he wants a word with his children. And Kevin, of course, you can stay because you don't matter. <laughs> and everyone leaves respectfully. And Tywin is left with his children. Tyrion immediately lays into Littlefinger how he doesn't trust him. He's sneaky. He wants something which, like, aren't we all in this room, dude? But, again, who am I to judge? Uh, which immediately starts a little pissing match between him and Cersei of going back and forth. This is one of my favorite conversations between these two because we've gotten a few of them where they're by themselves having these kinds of sparring matches, these intellectual you know, jousts. But this is the first time it's been moderated by Tywin. (laughs) And so with him as the referee standing in here being like, no, 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 no. Let me show you guys what ones are fouls and what's not. Yeah. uh, He doesn't deal with it too long though. No, he doesn't. No. He... Nope, no time to do that. Conduct yourselves as Lannisters. And from there, okay, Cersei, guess what? It's past time you were married again, sweetheart. And, of course, Cersei takes that about how you would expect. And 
demands that she she won't. I won't again. I will not. And yeah, they do good, but good cop, bad cop. Kevin and Tywin, because Kevin's like, <laughs> Yo, Grace, do you really want to be alone? You're a woman. You can't handle that. And Tywin's like, you're my daughter. I'm going to sell you. So, like, you're marrying people. Do you think they rehearse these while they're in the dressing rooms trying on their outfits? Absolutely. Like, while they were shaving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kevin, you're saying it wrong. You need to get it right. Or we're going to botch the whole thing. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I think, again... I'd like to point out the differences of the, the rereader versus the, the first time reader. And while it's clear and obvious that Cersei should marry after all that's happened and that she's been single for so long, it's just the way that Martin writes, it still came as this massive surprise the first time I read it, where it's like, oh shit, they're marrying the queen? <laughs> of course, why wouldn't they? But it's just so funny how little you think about that until you actually understand the the politics of the world and so it was just it's just interesting to think about how easy it is to overlook those types of yeah and in this chapter especially there's so much going on like we just had krakens mention (laughs) that your mind's just gonna go completely blank and be like oh right queens Mm -hmm. in in this patriarchal society they're meant to these things and remarry because oh no woman alone (laughs) right right how terrible right idle hands a devil's playground yeah and uh tywin hooks her by saying if you wish to have any choice in your next husband you'll stay and that of course she resigns herself to that and (laughs) he mentions balon Greyjoy, which wowzers just just he's still married (laughs) who <laughs> he's still married yeah right yeah, yeah, yeah no he, he even says like his wife is elderly and failing like okay so he'll be available soon he'll be available real soon and he goes on saying <laughs> yeah. uh oberon oberon martell could suit but the tyrells would be pissed about that the tyrells would be pissed all right well i get that in no world would it ever actually work can we just talk about a power couple if Oberon and Cersei actually did hook up? That'd be... I, I'm eternally just picturing Lena Headey and Pedro Pascal as those two. Oh, and right. I just like, loved their scenes. The yeah. greatest thing ever. Would have been Especially be at Joffrey's wedding. Mm. They mm. both hate each other and it would be mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tywin goes on. He's considered the Red Wine Twins. Theon, Greyjoy, Quentin, Martell. Red Wine Twins. Oh, my boy. This is just, this is just a list of A-stars here. And uh, a number of others. But... So if she gets bored with... I want to know about the rest of that list. I, I would like to know some of the others as well. Because who are the people Tywin doesn't think need to be named? When he's naming those names. I could have her go to Balon. Or Theon. <laughs> or Theon. <laughs> uh, however, he mentions the heir of Highgarden, Willis. Mm-hmm. Willis, Willis. Which is a good deal. Like, I don't get why she's so bummed about that. Because Tyrion. And yeah, they're dangerous. And Tyrion leans stupid. forward and points out that that would be the cripple. <laughs> which is like, geez. Like, you yourself think about yourself how people view you as a cripple and how that messes with your head and 
Like you don't even know the guy and you're just like, yeah, that's, that's a cripple one you're stuck with. Ha. Oh. Just laughing at her. It, like Tyrion is, he, he goes from being a great guy to just an absolutely gross guy. You're sometimes. an asshole, Tyrion. But, yep. um. I love good old Westeros. Yeah. Uh, with the, with the, that would be the cripple. Tywin chills Tyrion with a look and just freezes him there and says, Willis is heir to Highgarden, said to be very courtly and pleasant and nice, kind-hearted. He raises animals. He looks at the stars like he wouldn't so be a Robert. I think we forgot to mention that the whole reason that this was brought up technically was that Tywin was mentioning Littlefinger brought news that Sardantos had contacted him because Sansa had made him aware of the plans to have her marry Willis. Holy hell, you're right. And so that's what led into him saying, you know, we need to talk about you being married. Here's the options, but we're going to do Willis so that way Sansa can't. Yep. Take it you out can resign Sansa. and have a choice, but I'm going to choose anyway. I've also right. already chosen yesterday when Kevin was shaving my head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, Tyrion notes that it's a perfect match because uh, while Willis has a, a pension for breeding animals, Cersei also has a pension for breeding. And he pities Willis and doesn't know whether to laugh. Oh, how awful of a father do you, do you have to be to really just objectify your daughter in I, the worst yeah. way imaginable? Just and, and, and so despicable. Give her no, there's no, nothing she says here is taken into consideration right. but it, it, as you said him and kevin already decided this during their shaving moment like th th this is signed sealed delivered so like sucks to suck but here you go here's what's happening to you to you not for you not with you yeah, this is what's you. happening to you it's just and, like when she married robert the last time she had no choice in the matter right, right and exactly hated it the whole time it was maybe better than robert probably I, I, I'm 100% going to say that Willis is better of a person than Robert Baratheon turned out to be. From the sounds of it, Willis is better than like most of his entire family right, and right. most of the High Lords of right. Westeros. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that leads finally to Tywin giving her the option of, you know, this would be my choice, but if you have anybody else, and she says, that is so very kind of you, father. It is such a difficult choice you give me. Who would I sooner take to bed, the old squid or the crippled boy? I shall need a few days to consider. Do I have your leave to go? Ugh. And Ty Tyrion is like, yo, you're the queen. Why are you asking him for permission? What are you thinking? But he keeps it to himself. But yeah, similar but in, to in Rhea. Oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you first. Similar to how uh, uh, Oberyn and Cersei would make a power team. If these two could ever actually fucking work together, they would be capable of doing unbelievable things. Because he's the one that yeah. spots this, like, these flaws in, in Tywin's, but she's the one that has the power to enact it. The You know, she's not a dwarf. Mm -hmm. She can be seen as somebody that's respected to an extent, because she is still a woman in this world, so. Yeah, and, like, the deal is with, like, Tywin, he is so utterly feared that no one is willing to or has the spine to do anything against him because like someone kidnapped his son might as well burn an entire fertile river system yeah yeah 
Yeah, he completely decimated an ecosystem there in the Riverlands. Yeah. Just because yeah. you're not going to one-up me. That's my son. It's the, the son I hate. I can't stand the little shit. And, you know, if you accidentally kill him, great. I'll wage war, but, like, I'll be done with It was against him. his pride. And yep. they can't do anything against that because of how he reacts to it. And no one's willing to go against him. Therefore, his followers will do whatever he wants, which enables him. Mm. And it's all, it's all built on the Castamere's in the Tarbex, which yep. happened years and years and years ago. He's living based off this myth, this not myth because it happened, but this happened years ago. Like Tywin right. has, and he's done some sketchy things since, but the, the most like active thing, he sketchy thing he's been involved in is the death of Elia's children. And like, that's not enough to strike the fear that Castamere did, but he's still coasting on that wave of, mess yep. with me and you're gonna hear the reigns of castamere playing and... and as far as everyone knows that's turned out to be true with how right, he's treated right, the riverlands right right and so he tells cersei go we shall talk again after you have composed yourself remember your duty and like <laughs> after you've composed yourself get your shit together you gotta get married to someone this you is, haven't this ever is just met. a chapter of remember how terrible people cersei and Tyrion are Here's their dad. Yeah, right, right. right. He's a million times worse. This is where they get it. Well, similarly, yeah, we've also, uh, through this reread, been pointing out, you know, victims of circumstance to an extent. You know, once, if you're bred that way, if you're raised that way, then that's how you're going to act. Not that it, it's an excuse, because once sure, you are old yeah. enough to make those decisions, you technically could go, no, wow, I was raised as, by a terrible person. These are terrible things. But tradition's a hard but thing to break. Yeah. Thing tradition's to break. a hard thing to break in. Yeah, when you're raised by... I mean, Jon Snow is like, yeah. the epitome of tradition is hard to break with the wildlings. You know, there's yep. that, that inherent xenophobia. Daenerys too, over right, in Slavery right, right. Of course. You can't, you can't bring up forcible change. You gotta break it down from within mm -hmm. or write a series that involves killing off almost all of the High Lords just so as all the children can inherit and change it themselves. Right, right. Micah for president 2024. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Cersei leaves and now it's Tyrion's turn. <laughs> and Oof. He, sa he says just without any pretext, Nate's dying over here, that his whoring is a weakness, but Perhaps some of the blame is on me because, you know, you're a little man, so I forgot that you have the needs and wants of a regular man. So it's past time you were wed, and Tyrion, of course, recalls Tysha. I, I was wed. Do you, have you forgotten that? Which, of course, Tywin's forgotten that. He, and uh, I don't yeah. think Tywin has actually forgotten that, but that's oh, the, probably not. the main thing. But It wounded his pride. He can't forget it. And he, he already knows. He's, he tells him, you, you, you plan to mar marry me to Sansa Stark, right? I get you. You know that, uh, won't that piss off the Tyrells as they plan on marrying her? And he's like, I don't know anything about those plans. How am I supposed to, you know, how can they be offended? Plans? I don't know anything plans? about oh, that. Right. Huh. It's the song and dance of the, of the court here where, like, they can't announce it until after the king and queen are married because that's just respectful. But if we don't know of any plans, we can marry Sansa before then, wink, wink. So it's, yeah, it's just this song and dance of Littlefinger told him, because Dantos told Littlefinger, 
And now let's make sure that they don't get the key to the North and steal Sansa Stark right out from under us. So here we go. And of course, Tyrion brings up, she's just, she's just a child, even though she's flowered, she's just a child. And I will not, you know, break her maidenhead and get her with child. And Tywin says, you know, whether or not you choose to mistreat her is up to you. I don't really give a damn. You just need to consummate the marriage. And then if you want to wait a couple of years, get her pregnant then but it's it's happening like this isn't any this isn't a conversation it's just like cersei you're doing it yeah <clears throat> so then i they, was there for the power and the political standing right yeah and so then they give the big reveal that the to the rereader that the red wedding's planned and whoever marries sansa has claimed to winterfell and that wouldn't be so unless there wasn't a king in the north rob stark and so i'm pretty sure that this is him stating like yeah, we've already we're set to be done with that little shithead. So you need to marry her so that right. you can have your castle and your lands. Tywin vehemently says that, uh, or uh, Tyrion even says that. You know, if Rob Stark has any kids, mm-hmm. Sansa's heir to nothing. Like, and Tywin's nope, that ain't gonna happen. Trust me on that. I got you covered there. Sansa Stark will be the key to the North. Which right? Yep. And another the camera and winks right another red that flag could, that could also be foreshadowing for Endgame, where sansa will probably end up with winterfell at the end of the story in i believe some it. fashion mm-hmm. i believe it in my heart to be true that she's gonna take it back without being married she's gonna do it sansa stark of winterfell not any marriage contract any bullshittery like that she's gonna do it herself because she's sansa and she's awesome yeah but uh, this is where Tywin's like, you asked to be rewarded for all the stuff. You asked for Casterly Rock. Ha, 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 ha. This is way better than you could ever hope for. So maybe just suck it up and accept Winterfell as your prize, which, again, it's not just Winterfell. It is a, it is a person. There is a Sansa Stark attached to this. but It's like when you're asking your manager for a, a raise because you've done so well, and instead of that, they move you to another department mm-hmm. where you have the opportunity to get a raise, right. but it's not going to happen then. And the chances of it actually happening are slim. And they're like, this is the best we could do. Right. We'll talk at your six month review. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, this chapter, man, there's so just, much that happens. It's, yeah, it's so hard to much. Just keep track of. Cause it's there, all there's, there's a lot. That, that may or may not be why I picked this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get it. It's, no, we're glad you picked this one just to get the as much out I've of I've been it. so excited for this one. He, uh, They mentioned Lawless, that Tywin had once almost suggested yeah, Tyrion and be married to Lawless. Tyrion, you can't disrespect Lawless. Come on. Right? Dude. Like, I, I've vehemently been on Shay's shit yeah. for how much she gives Lawless about the rape when and she's just like oh we should go to the wedding you're not going to be raped at the wedding and it's like shay this poor girl was ripped from her saddle and it was multiple times it wasn't just once and shay's callousness towards it is inhuman let alone like this here where Tyrion Tyrion's like yeah no i'd sooner cut my dick off than be with lawless and it's like jesus like no one can just be like, you know like, what? Come on. Leave Lawless alone. Maybe like, Bronn will turn out to be decent to her. Right. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Dear God. 
leave her alone, Braun. Yeah, right. So uh, Tywin, uh, sorry, Tyrion then mentions, how come, how come it has to be Sansa? Why can't I have uh, Balon's daughter there instead? And Tywin's like, yeah, that doesn't work out so much. Uh, it would She's be too good for him anyway. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, fucking, yeah, you don't deserve Yeah, that. no, she would kick his ass. Yeah. Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? Uh, but he says, because when you return to Winterfell, you need to have a northerner's child with you, not someone from the, right. the Iron Islands, because they'd never accept you. You need to go home with her, with a kid. You'd be returning with Eddard Stark's grandchild. Right. And that right there is, that's the ticket is the the name at art stark will carry so much weight you're bringing the grandchild it's not going to matter that you're a lannister it's going to matter that this child is ned stark's blood and potential heir after sansa and so it's yeah it's i mean tywin tywin knows what he's doing he's not right. an idiot he's just an absolutely cold-hearted machine yeah <laughs> and it's a little terrifying to to see it so clearly so on a reread when, you know, you, you can lay it all out and realize what it is he's planning and plotting and just the absolute disregard for anyone but what he wants. It's yeah. nutty. And so, so, Tyrion th- he's call- such a great villain. He yeah, really he is. is. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, Tyrion thinks of himself as Lord Protector of Winterfell. He's titling himself yeah. based off of it. And he's like, that actually isn't so bad. And so he agrees, except for one little snag there, Father Rob Stark. And this is where he reveals the, again, another huge fucking revelation for this one chapter. Tyrion learns that Rob has married Jane Westerly. Mm. He is not going to be marrying a Frey, which is news we already have from Kat's chapter a few chapters ago, obviously. Um, But man, does Tywin elaborate on this situation? Because we already knew that uh, Gowan Westerling uh, was a captive of the North. Whispering Wood. From Whispering Wood. But we start to learn about some of the history of the house and who they are. And that she might not be just purely in love with Rob. That potentially it's all a ruse. 100% of it's all fucked. And damn, man. Yeah, they mentioned um, Jane Westerling's her daughter's mother. Or no, her mother. Her mother's daughter. I might know it's mixed yep. up. Her mother's daughter and Rob, his father's son. Mm-hmm. And... We, we see this proven in A Feast for Crows when Jane finds out what Sybil did and Jane's not up for it. Right. Jane Jane's on our side and in her own grief she rips her dress and I am I feel so bad for Jane. There's the um, there's the theory that goes around that the magi that is reported because uh, it said that there was a there was a magi that Sybil Spicer's grandfather. Yeah, her grandmother was some woman he'd brought back right. from the east. A and frightening a, old crone, yep. supposed to be a priestess. Magi, they called her. No one could pronounce her real name, but she used to brew potions and balms right. and poultices. There's a theory out there that the love potions thing that people used to go to this Magi for may have been passed down to Lady Sybil, and that's how they got Rob to boop boo forsake his uh, stuff. I mean, I I buy more into the fact that he Rob is just stupid, honorable, and and a teenager. Yeah, I and buy a teenager. to the fact that yeah, he's his father's son right. and a teenager, and just has 
the presence of John and Catalan's relationship in his mind. Right, right, at all times. And, With, uh, and See, the fact that, that part. this is clearly set up by Tywin. He straight up said, Rob Stark is his father's son. Jane Westerling is her mother's daughter. I mean, to me, this ending here seemed to be talking about Kevin and Tywin setting up the Westerling marriage. Do you buy that? Do you think it was a set, a plant from Tywin, uh, hmm. or do you think it's? I he's think just it's a good idea. I, I think he's hopping onto a. I think he's hopping onto the opportunity of manifesting himself, and that. Rob marrying Jane in response to them having sex was an opportunity for time to go, okay, Sabelle, I need you to mm. not let them have a child. I have this plan in works to have Walter Frey betray Rob for this act. And in order for it to work fully, I need Jane to be barren. Mm. Which is, I, who's like, what kind of person is Lady Sybil, man? She's just Tywin given female form. Right, apparently. right, right. Apparently, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Doesn't care about their children, just where they are in a political stance. Well, I mean, technically, we could even compare her to Hoster Tully at that point with. Yeah. You no. Know, yeah, actually. Right, yeah, that's a great comparison. Um, especially, and I almost want to say even Cersei and Catelyn themselves, you know, these mothers that are willing to go to any length, you know, I'm sure if, if, because uh, what I was, what we were thinking is that the, the Westerlings are working with Tywin at this point, except Jane, Jane, Jane fells just like Rob did. Yeah. They both fell. Um, but Sybil is worried about the well-being of her family the keeping her house alive as well and knowing the the history of the houses and Castamere yep. and Tywin and Tyrion makes note that it's like hey the crag is like right next door to Castamere yeah right right there's totally an angle to see from this that Sibyl is concerned about the well-being of her house yeah and so I don't necessarily think or know whether or not she's evil or a bad person I, I wouldn't yeah I wouldn't I would say me, that her act of doing that to her daughter is in itself an evil act but definitely preservation it, it is understandable that she's one of tywin's bannermen mm -hmm. and her husband is currently being kept in raven tree hall right. by the blackwoods yeah and we she just doesn't have options against Jane, that uh, because of losing children we, yeah. we you know her father's dying while announcing this stuff we're seeing the regret that he has so we know that it's a you know a deplorable act she doesn't she won't feel good about it i'm sure one day but her kid survives the red wedding and that's more than could be said if she you know if she was with a child they would have had sure, to follow the show's steps you know and and have her right. Yeah, right but there. now it is what it is what it is sabelle spicer walked into the void mm -hmm. there's so many characters of tread Tyrion notes that tywin is not nearly as angry as he would expect and this is when we get the raids of castamere and tarbeck and the very heavy foreshadowing of if you hear the rains of castamere it's already too late mm -hmm. and so <laughs> and uh Tyrion at the end says, you'd think the Westerlings, uh, pointing out that the crag is not so far from Castamere and Tarbach Hall, you'd think the Westerlings might have ridden past and seen the lesson there. And Tywin says, mayhaps they have. They are well aware of Castamere, I promise you. And it's just Tywin's absolute, the control he thinks he has is a little sickening here. And the yeah. last 
paragraph that uh, concludes this chapter is every once in a very long while, Lord Tywin Lannister would actually threaten to smile. He never did, but the threat alone was terrible to behold. Yeah. The great, oh. oh, sorry. I was no, going to no, say, no. we've had so few interactions with Tywin before this book. We mm-hmm. have his introduction and then the last two Tyrion chapters. And then we have him sort of like making a small appearance in Arya's chapters in Harrenhal, followed by the finale of Clash of Kings, where he shows up on his mm-hmm. horse and he's just like, look at what I did. <laughs> so in Storm of Swords, we get him as full-on 100% the villain he is. I'm here for it. I'm here for the Oh, villains. yeah. I mean, at the end of the table, in the king's seat, even though he's not the king, I mean, it's... Just exuding this right. confidence and power with the queen sitting there yeah. next to him, the high septon. Like, he's surrounded by the most powerful people and in the world. everyone's eating up everything that he says. Yeah. Just no terrible. one has a chance to fight him. Yeah. Until you catch him in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and then his last line, which I think it could be very much debatable about who he's referring to he says the greatest fools are oft time more clever than the men who laugh at them and then he says you will marry Sansa Stark Tyrion and soon so this is Pat face he's talking about right duh okay Pat face <laughs> Dantos hollered moon yeah, boy for all we know right <laughs> Alrighty. so uh yeah, hell I, of a Tyrion. I, oh yeah I got one more note that I've oh, please, absolutely. That's sort of the last thing for um for, for Mace Tyrell since I gave him so much spotlight. Yeah, oh, please do. Um, in terms of how he is in, this is our first introduction of Mace Tyrell is mm-hmm. this chapter. This is where he shows up and we get a bunch of Mace Tyrell. And it's interesting to contrast it with the introduction to Olena Redwine in, Sansa, in Sansa's chapter. Where we get an entire chapter given to Olena's introduction and her examination of Joffrey's character. We get an establishment that Olena is a player of the game. She's moving some gears around. And when we get introduced to Mace, he's introduced in a board of other players as a piece of the puzzle, not necessarily someone who is as much of a mental mastermind Mm. as Olena would be. I just thought that was a very interesting detail there and how they're both introduced. Yeah, it paints him more as a piece, not a mover of pieces. He is yeah. he is someone on the board. He's not someone moving the he pieces. He gets to move some board. of the pieces, but Right, right. He's a he's a king, but he's, he's not the king. one playing Ale- the chess. Olena's the queen piece right, right, who right, gets right, to right. Dart yeah. all over the board. Dart place. all over, right. Yeah. That's really cool actually. They're they're you can tell a lot from the mother's introduction to the son's introduction and it's Yeah. Olena doesn't need this to puff up because everything she says is just it's it's barbed yeah. and it and it hits right to what she's trying and to get to and it's her own opinion it's not her just agreeing to what that she thinks yeah, they want to hear yeah it's her own opinion hear. her own Where's... judgments and you even have what Tywin just said about fools and whatnot she uses her own fool to her advantage right. to keep anyone else from knowing about what she says right how does how does Mace Tyrell have a mother like that and end up like this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. All right. So uh, I think we'll convene our small council, get some inductees, yeah, and yeah. then get a wrap-up on this Tyrion 3. So, cool. cool. so we'll see all of our listeners no, nowhere because we, we're a podcast with no video, but we'll catch you on the small council. Right.
Okay, and we're back here in the small council. Once again, joined by Micah for his our first small council with a with more than a, just us. A live guest, man. It's so great. So it'll actually be entertaining this time. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, uh, so with that, for the first time, Micah, uh, Nate has explained the inductees. Actually, we'll go, Nate, you want to give yours first, and then we'll go with Micah. That way... Yeah, so can... uh, I was. Uh, I think I've done it recently for another chapter, but if not, I'm giving mine to Willis Tyrell. Mm. Um, he's he's over there hanging out in High Garden. He's he's being complimented by some of the most powerful people in the realm, Tywin Lannister, and you know Olena. Obviously, she's gonna tell that thing. But <laughs> Build about Sansa. Yeah. You know, is hearing all about him, and he just sounds like such a great guy. And it's so rare to see in these damn books <laughs> that like you got to take one of them when you can get them. And I'm a sucker yeah. for a good person. And I mean, he loves animals, and who doesn't want to? Have, like, <laughs> he probably has a dog. A- at least one. Dog, Sansa's so. picturing them with puppies. He's on the right. lap, like, like right. The lab. He's probably got a bunch of puppies, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. So I'm giving mine to Willis, That's welcoming really him into the uh, Brotherhood this week. Zach, do you want to go next and let Micah Oh, no, 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 no want... go ahead and let Micah, so that way All right. we uh, get so a, my, a good one. I've chosen one of the minorest of minor characters. He only has one visual appearance in the book so far, and that is going to go to Gawain Westerling. Yes. Nice. But no yes. one expected this. I love it. Uh, So the reason I'm giving it to him is because as recorded in this chapter, he married someone who is related to another person of low birth. Uh, The Spicer family is not a Westerosi noble family. They are descended from merchants and a magi from somewhere. (laughs) So kudos to Gawain Westerling for going beyond Westerosi traditions and marrying someone who's not a Westerosi noble. Yeah. Even though it might not have been his decision, it's not all that clear, but it's progressive. Yeah. Right. There you go. Good job. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, man. That was good. I like that. Great. Absolutely. That's perfect. All right. Um, for mine, mine's going to, mine's got to go to Littlefinger. Uh, I feel like he had the, even over Tywin, I feel like he had just a little bit more control and knowledge of what was happening in that small council with, playing the Tyrells against the Lannisters with yeah. his plot with Sansa. Littlefinger's the one who, and he's not, he is a little bit kind of being like, yeah, I've got the key between my legs, but he's not puffing up like Mace. He, he's not being no. aggressive toward people like Tywin. He's just kind of being like, yeah, I'm a bit of a scumbag with coin, but like, that's what I do. That's what you let me do. So <laughs> let me do. You are? <laughs> right, right. Let me do what I do and we'll win this war. And yeah, he's got so much foresight. Like, cause Tywin is on display here. Pretty apparently little fingers is so subtly layered into the chapter that you really have to know to know what little finger is planning. And so yeah. his yeah. just extends a little bit beyond Tywin's plans. And I think that, to me, made him shine just a little brighter in this small council of yeah. And I think this heads. is our last. This is our last time with him in the small council, I believe. Right, um, yeah, and because he's dipping out the next day to to go up to the Erie. Right. So, yeah, it's good stuff. And uh, we yeah. did receive one from the interwebs. Yes. So now we will read in. Uh, we got one of our listeners from France, our favorite French fry, Julian, as we call him. Uh, he wrote in and said, hey there, wonderful chapter, The Heart of Politics by Tywin Lannister. <laughs> 
To be honest, apart from a couple of facts cut out or changed, the TV show had it all pretty well figured out for this spot. I realized how well cast some actors at that point were and how well those actors did their jobs. Inductee-wise, I want to bring some music to the Brotherhood. We got plenty <laughs> of people we love to share meat and mead with. We got a few we hate for fun. We have some wolves, swords, and items. We now need some background music. And what better music than the Reigns of Castamere? A song I love, a song I sing. And who are you, the proud lord said, that I must bow so low? Only a cat of a different coat. That's all the truth I know. Valarinus of Castamaris. <laughs> Thank you, Julian. We love it when you write in. I actually do love the song. It's, it's, a, it's a great song. It's a catchy tune. I, I also sing it randomly. Right. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah. That's, so, that's one I'll bust out. Yeah, so as a nerd, it's fun to do. For writing in all the way from France. Michael, again, thank you so much yes. for joining us. Uh, if oh, you absolutely. would like to send us your inductees, we will give our social just drill like fast. Two or just three of ours. So yeah. our Get email, the important ones yeah, from Micah. Our email is the common one without manners brotherhood at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at manners without. Zach is on Twitter sometimes at carstark92. And we ignore the Instagram, but you can follow <laughs> us there at uh, manners without as well. Um, but ignore those this episode anyway and go follow Micah everywhere you can. He's going to give you all of his uh, locations to find him right now. Yeah. Um, I'm on Twitter as well at Micah underscore Clark. Um, you can find me there chatting about Songwise from Fire, minor characters, usually uh, random, random stuff. Sometimes talk about my own life. Other times I got a book I'm working on and I, also read a lot of other books that I demand other people read. <laughs> uh, right. And so I'm also co-host on the planet Tales podcast. And hey. you, can, you can find us over on YouTube under planet Tales podcast, Podbean, SoundCloud, iTunes. And uh, I also have a theory on my Twitter profile too. If you want to check it out as a, uh, Zach was yeah. mentioning. Yeah, it's great. It's, I mean, if you're fiending for, winds of winter content and theories it's one of the best i think that's out there concerning lady stoneheart and what's going on in the riverlands as far as realistic because every every theory that i read especially about stoneheart just ends up getting out there a little just too much of like eh, it doesn't seem but everything about heil hunt and jamie and all of it it just makes a lot of sense you're you're a smart cookie over there micah thank you thank yeah you. uh thank you again for coming on and immediately making our show a thousand times better than it's ever been before <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you guys had me i was totally willing to, yeah this chapter was is among my favorites awesome. yeah so yeah there's uh, a lot of stuff here a lot of good juice yeah we've talked with a few other people including uh micah's co-hosts that we intend to have in the future now that we've got the first one on here we can make some of those little announcements we definitely hope you will come back join Absolutely. us for another chapter either with hopefully in storms if not for feasts and dreams. definitely i definitely think we should do this again at some point oh, there's a lot of chapters sure. coming up where i'll just be raising my hand <laughs> absolutely <laughs> like, i Anytime. have opinions you have a blanket invite to the Brotherhood from this point on because, of course, you are also uh, an honorary inductee to That's the Brotherhood. Correct. So thank you. whenever you wish to join us on this podcast, you are always, always welcome. 
And I think that about does it. I think that's going to be it. And so, as always, we will go. Uh, well, what are we reading next? I suppose. What we are we reading next? Shit. We're uh, so Catelyn, excited. Catelyn four Cat- or is it Catelyn three? Catelyn three. Catelyn You know, you think we'd keep track of this? Yeah, stuff you know. Since here, we we do podcasts pretty regularly. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Catelyn three. I think you're right. Yeah. That would be Rickard Carstark, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, it is. So. Yeah, join us next time. Get your inductees for Catlin 3, and we'll catch you on the next one. Valor to Harris! Peace. Have a good night.